Hi, everyone. I wanted to remind you of a must read. This is a book that you have to have on your bookshelf. It is called The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. He is able to help you make important decisions, give you some guidance on which path to take, and you get to learn how he tapped into the wisdom and power of the unseen worlds for guidance and inspiration. I had the opportunity to interview him, and he was a lovely guest on the Path 11 podcast, episode 343. Check it out. Listen to the podcast. Go buy the book. Again, it's The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. To find out more information, go to his website, carlgreer.com. That's spelled C-A-R-L-G-R-E-E-R.com. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by the Reconnective Healing Global Community. I don't know if you guys remember, but back in 2020, we released an episode with Dr. Eric Pearl and Jillian Fleer about reconnective healing. He was a chiropractor who was working in his practice in Los Angeles, and his patients started to report that they were having these healings just with his hands being near them without him actually touching them. So he went on to research and try to find out what this universal wisdom was behind what was happening. And he developed the reconnective healing process. Their website is thereconnection.com and they are offering an online level one class called the portal to awaken your own healing ability and to learn how to do this. There's over eight hours of interactive content where you will learn to interact with energy, light, and information to experience lasting knowingness, peace, and love without limitations. They gave us a coupon code to give to all of our listeners. It is PATH2PORTAL. We're going to put that in the show notes. And that's 25% off of the Portal Online Level 1 course. I hope you guys enjoy. Let me know if you take it. Send me an email. Would love to know how the course works for you. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. This is going to be a fun one. I am really excited to have my guest here today to introduce you to her. Her name is Demetria Burby. She's as beautiful as the sound of her name as well. So if you'd like to watch this conversation, you can watch it on PAP 11 TV for free. And if you're listening, that's fine too. But if you want to watch us and see what my guest looks like, then head on over to PAP 11 TV. So she is an author and uh, she wrote the book, Return to the Light Within. We're going to be speaking about that. She has another book that's coming up, which is kind of a workbook and a sequel, I guess you could say. She'll talk more about it, Finding Your Light Within, which is a follow-up to the first book that she authored. So she's an author and a healer that helps people reconnect with their spirit, helping them to see the parts of themselves that have been lost or forgotten on the way to building their life. She is very passionate about people rediscovering the vibrancy of life that comes when you are able to feel whole and connected in your life. So this wasn't an easy path for her either, as we're going to talk a little bit more about some of her trials, her tribulations, some 
of the shifts that went on within her marriage, her personal life during the pandemic, how she got lost in the spiritual realm <laughs> and how she came back. And we're also going to touch on uh, the 5D. And you're going to learn what she means when she says, no person is more powerful than the divine plan. And that line in her book gave me chills. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So Demetria, welcome to the Path, Love, and Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation today. Yes, me too. And, you know, we were talking before we hit the record button. I can't for the life of me remember how I found you. And it was either through this podcasting website platform where we're trading podcasts with other podcasters, or if I saw your podcast on somebody else's website, or I don't remember what it is, but I just love sometimes actually when I forget and have that amnesia, because to me, that feels like it's so guided by spirit, right? It's like, don't even know how I got to your website and I found you and felt compelled enough to say, I want you on my show. So I'm so glad that you're here. And after reading your book and your blog and checking out your website and everything, just love your energy and the message that you're putting out to the world. So can you give my listeners a little bit of background of like who you are and uh, what you've been doing in the world? Yeah. I mean, I, my life started out pretty normal. I was sort of like lower middle class working family and really just was taught or, you know, the environment that I was raised in was you work really hard and you can work hard and accomplish anything that you want in life. And that really stuck with me through my education and my career that I could just work hard and accomplish whatever I wanted. And what I ended up doing is being really successful in my career, which was, you know, a nice reward for all that hard work. But along the way to that sort of pinnacle of what I was trying to accomplish, I really lost myself and was quite depressed. I mean, in retrospect, you can see these things, but when you're in it, it's really hard to identify. And I was really depressed and disconnected from my children and my husband and my family and my friends. I was separating from anxiety and I really just knew that I needed to do something to help myself, but I had no idea what that was. I had been in therapy my whole life, essentially, as far back as I can remember, I've been in therapy. And, and I just knew I needed to do something different and really dig into why I wasn't able to access this joy and happiness that so many other people around me seemed to be able to experience. And that led me down a path that I was not expecting. And I quit my corporate job and really then dove into, you know, rediscovering who I, who I am and finding this real passion in life around helping other people rediscover joy and happiness. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people I have interviewed that have made the transition from the corporate corporate world into like this world of spirituality and becoming life coaches, becoming healers, and just feeling like that wasn't the suit that they needed to wear. But what did you do in the corporate world? What was your background? My background is in data and analytics. So I helped Fortune 500 companies really understand their consumer data and how they should reach more people. It's a little bit ironic, but makes a lot of sense now that I'm understanding more about who I am, that I'm just pre-programmed to understand patterns in, in the environment, in our world, in our existence, and what I tap into. 
So it's like I used it in the 3D work around numbers. And then that same skill set really translates well into this like spiritual path that I'm in. So something something about all of it is connected. And I know that I know what I did the first, you know, 35 years of my life was actually preparing me for what I'm doing now. And so it's nice to see that connection and not feel like I'm, you know, wasted that time or that I don't understand how it's all, you know, helping me. I think that that's one of the things that is nice about being like we'll talk about later in the 5D. It's like you can have this perspective of how everything fits together, how it all works and how even those challenging times work for you in the long run, even though it might not feel that way in the moment. Yeah. So let's talk about these patterns that you're able to kind of see, intuitively see. How do you begin to, you know, work in that realm? How do you tap into people to notice and recognize that part of themselves that they've lost and kind of help them to reclaim that so that they can live a life filled with more joy? Yeah. So the patterns actually come into me in terms of like understanding at least my own understanding and view of how the universe is put together and how it all works. And then when I'm working one-on-one with a client, the real, like, there's just a connection of energy. And I literally, it's interesting. Yesterday I was working with a, a woman and I said, oh, it's like a magnet where our energies just sort of like come close together and then they connect. And then all of the sudden, that person's spirit is just speaking through me. And oftentimes I don't really remember what I'm saying, especially around sensitive information that I'm not really supposed to know. It's like I have immediate amnesia, which I find so interesting. So sometimes I'll work with a client. I always try and record those sessions just so that they can like re-listen to them because I don't remember them always. And then we work through what was shared with that client and integrate that information into their daily life so that they can become more whole without blowing up their lives. So that's an important aspect, I think, of this path is that so often, I think historically, especially people have had a spiritual awakening or found this new part of themselves and they're like, oh, this is me. I have to get rid of everything from my past and, you know, blow up those relationships or whatever it is. And I think there's a really beautiful way to say, okay, everything I've done to this point has served me well. And I also now am in a place where I can make room for this new part of me that's going to enhance my life, not replace something in my in my past. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about your journey of how you kind of got a little lost, a little disconnected when you kind of moved into this area of your life, like feeling disconnected from your husband and your kids, your friends, like you actually went through, sounded when I was reading your book, like a period of isolation. Like the more that you found out who you were, the more disconnected you became. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I left my job and went deep into this place of self-discovery is sort of what I call it. But essentially, you're right. I went into this very isolated place because I was spending so much time meditating working with shamanic journeys, working with, you know, shamanic guide, doing this stuff. And it's really easy once you find access into that inner place, that like inner peace and tranquility and connect with your own spirit. It's a little addictive. 
because you're like, this feels so good, you know? And I, I often think about like the yogis that are in India and you see, you know, pictures of them and there's like crazy city life happening around them and they've given up all their worldly possessions and they're just sitting and meditating in the middle of like, you know, New Delhi or whatever. And you're like, okay, I actually understand how those people get to that place because it is so lovely to be meditating and in that place of spirit. Everything makes sense. You don't need anything. And I had a moment where I was, you know, I was barely deep into that space. And I had this moment where I realized, oh, if I wanted to be spirit all the time, if I always just wanted to be connected to spirit, I probably wouldn't have come here to earth to be a human. So there's some reason that I came here and incarnated into like a physical body and I should honor that decision. And that means that I have to be present in my human existence, not just always connected to spirit and gone and, you know, off in a different dimension. But like, there's a very important reason that I'm here as a human and I need to balance that connection to spirit and all of the things that we get to enjoy that, you know, I think we all take for granted, which is those connections with other people, being able to hug our loved ones, being able to go and have experiences out in nature or even in, you know, an urban setting. It's all of those things that we don't get when we are just spirit. Yeah, excellent point that you bring up. And I think it it is really important because like you said, you can get lost in the bliss of it. But and I and I saw this quite a bit with some trainings that I went to and I met um, quite a few people over the years who were I don't want to say addicted to going out of body, but once they experience the out of body phenomenon, you know, they're studying it. They want to go out of body every single night. They achieve it. Then they reach for more and more and more. And there's a part of that that's awesome, right? Because you're expanding your consciousness. You realize that there's more than just earth. You're more than your physical body. There's Mm -hmm. other places that your consciousness can travel to. But I found that within that, there was like a part of me when I was trying to do that too, because we made some documentaries about it. And I was like, but wait a second, I came here to be in the physical body (laughs) on earth to, you know, like go through this experience. And why do I keep trying to, you know, want to get out or keep experiencing the out of body? Like, and I've experienced it a couple of times and it was fun, but I don't necessarily feel like the need to do that. Whereas, you know, I've seen some people where they get like frustrated because they're trying to learn these techniques and they can't, or then they do and they want to. But I really think what you speak to is so important to find that balance in both realms, you know, right. which is to not to have your head too far up in the sky and, you know, not have both of your feet too far into the ground. You know, it's like, yeah. how do you find that balance? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's all about balance. And I'm like, It's all about balance in everything. It's actually funny. Before I was really deep into this journey, I was starting a new job. And we, the first day we had this all hands, I don't know, team building exercises, probably what it was. And the first thing you had to write your superpower on a name tag. So not your name, but your superpower. And I was like, what is my superpower? And you know, I'm like very three-dimensional at this point. And so I'm like, for whatever reason, I wrote down balance as my superpower. And it's so funny how those moments stick with you. And then now looking back years later, I'm like, oh, 
that actually is my superpower being in balance. It's like, it's my jinky. It's like all these things. And I'm just like, oh, it is really about balance in life and being able to balance everyone else's priorities and my own and spirit and being human and like all of it. Right. So it's funny how those moments come in and they really are gifts from spirit that you don't even realize. And then later you're like, oh, yeah, I did know that all along. Right. Yeah. And kind of like a reference that you can go back to and be like, oh, my gosh, why did I choose that word? Like in the moment, it seems bizarre. But I think that's that kind of like unconscious and the connection to spirit that came through. And then here you are years later, like, of course, I picked that word. It's so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. In that moment, this woman was like, balance. Wow, that's really powerful. And I was like, yeah, I don't even know what it means to be honest. (laughs) I remember so distinctly being confused by it. And now here I am. And it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, you know, speaking about as we're kind of talking about this balancing of, you know, finding that balance that I clicked on one of your blogs that talked about toxic positivity. So I was like, I don't know what that is, you know, and I thought it was funny, you know, where you were uh, referencing another author and you're like, how have I never heard this woman's name before? And I hadn't either. I think her name Hollis was the last name. Rachel, is it Rachel Hollis? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like you said, when you kind of go into this space and you find this joy and you find this bliss and you know, it's, it's like you want to share it with everyone, right? You want everyone to know. But what what is toxic positivity? Because I know all of a sudden you were like stopped in your tracks and like, oh my God, am I like, am I, am I hurting by being too joyful or not trying to spread this joy? So yeah, I've just never talked to anybody about toxic positivity. I didn't even know it was a phrase or a word out there. So what what is that? What does it pertain to? And how did you come to realize that, you know, what you're putting out there isn't toxic positivity? Yeah. So I view toxic positivity as being positive and not acknowledging what's really happening. So say that somebody is going through a challenging time and the toxic positivity response would be, oh, that's not really a thing that you should worry about, that your like feelings aren't valid because everything is joy and happiness. Like everything is love, you know, you don't need to worry about that. And I think that the toxic part of it is the lack of acknowledging that that person is feeling something in the moment, that the lack of empathy or acknowledgement is the toxic part of it. The positivity part is like, obviously, we should always encourage people to find, you know, the silver lining or the bright side or how they're going to work through it and be supportive. And I really in that moment that I wrote that blog post, it was interesting because I was personally struggling with how do I manage being so happy and joyful and sharing that with people knowing that they're not in that same place. So it was, I was struggling with, I don't want to rub it in people's face, right? Like that I'm in this place and it's like so great and like you're there and you're not here. And, you know, so I was already struggling with that and and sort of coming to terms with how to ensure that I was being graceful in my sharing of my story and not actually hurting someone's feelings or like, you know, doing any damage to anybody. So I was I was already going through that. And then this article came up and, you know, like some something. And I was like, oh, this story is so fascinating that came into my life just at this moment. And somebody else, I think like my sister was like, hey, you know, like maybe you need to look at this for yourself. And I was like, yeah, I probably should. And just like contemplate a little bit how this is playing out in my life. And so I spent some time really 
diving deep into how I felt about it and and sort of what was my stance and really looking at my behavior and what I realized. And it took me months. I kind of fell into, you know, in retrospect, I was like, oh, I got pulled back into the shadow a little bit about this because I was like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't be so happy. I shouldn't, you know, be so joyful and like spreading all of this. And I, I kind of went in for a while and I was a little like back being depressed for a couple of months as I figured this out. And really what I realized after all of it is I get to be joyful. I get to be happy. I get to be me. And I don't need to be pulled back into like what I call a lower frequency or shadow, or I don't need to be unhappy to help people or to connect with them. Actually, what's really helpful is for me to be really empathetic to where they're at and then help pull them up to this higher frequency or to, you know, I don't like to talk about things being like better or worse, but like pull them into the light a little bit more so that they can access this for themselves. And I think that's the that's the important thing is if you sink back into a lower frequency or into your own shadow, it's much harder to help people rather than being anchored in this like really beautiful energy, this really beautiful place in your life, and then being able to like magnetically pull people in and help them be able to see the possibility. And I think that's where I came to from from that um, experience of really like contemplating this toxic positivity um, issue that had had been sort of brought to light in the media. And where I was at, it was like, no, you really do need to anchor your own energy, your own life, your own positivity so that you can help others. Because sinking back into like depression or questioning yourself doesn't help anybody, them or me. Yeah. Great explanation. I think it's, you know, you bring up again, another really important topic. And I was talking to a client of mine the other day about when people achieve this sense of freedom that you kind of speak of, there's sometimes there's like people that aren't there, there could be shaming of that, you know, and a misunderstanding or fear of why is she so happy? Why is she so free? Is that really true? Then she can't be happy all the time, you know, or, but there's a little bit of intimidation of really feeling this as you talk about this surrender and this divine trust that you have, you know, and some people will label that as being crazy or like, oh, you know, okay, go ahead, trust your creator, you know, but I think that there's some intimidation in that, that some people don't even know what to do with that when they're in the presence of this type of energy. Yeah. And I, I like to think back to how I used to be. And again, this goes to like that beautiful perspective of all of my experiences helped me to be who I am today. But I I likely was that person that was like, God, that person is so happy. It's so annoying. Like they don't understand how hard life is. They don't understand the struggle. You know, like I would have just like poo-pooed them and been like, whatever, that person is crazy, right? And now that I am that person, <laughs> I'm so thankful to be that person, one. And two, be able to go back and say like, okay, you d- you don't have to buy into everything I'm saying, right? Like I'm not here to convince anybody, but when you're ready and want some help, I am here to support you and help you at least see a possibility through my own path, right? So I don't think that everyone is going to follow in my footsteps, nor do I think people should. I think 
everybody has their own unique path and you should find your own way. And it's going to be, you know, as, as different as there are people in the world. Yeah. But knowing other people's journeys, and that's why I love what you're doing, because as the more stories you hear of how people awaken or find these aspects of their life, the more you have an understanding of what's possible for yourself, and then you can go and explore it. Hi, everybody. I wanted to just take a quick moment to tell you about a beautiful divination deck of cards that you can get your hands on. My friend, Molly Mandelberg, spent two years traveling the world while writing and illustrating the Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle deck. This inspired pep talk deck has some serious magic inside. Pulling a card a day from this deck will encourage you to bring your dreams to life, to allow that idea tapping you on the shoulder, to finally manifest into physical reality. It's sassy, insightful, and potent. The link to check it out is in the show notes of this episode. Just click on there. It's going to bring you right to the Oracle deck. And again, it's Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle deck. In your book, uh, Return to the Light Within, I bookmarked it. I have to kind of switch screens here a little bit. But you talk about ways, you have five truths that truths that you remember to kind of keep you into the fifth dimension. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read them, but then I'd like you to talk about what is the difference between 3D and 5D, the third dimension when we live in the third dimension and the fifth dimension, just for if people are hearing this for the first time, what does it mean? So you, you state in your book, I stay in what some call the fifth dimension in this place of awakeness and awareness by remembering these truths. So Demetria reminds herself of these, that number one, I am spirit that has come to visit this dimension. Two, I cannot possibly know the divine plan, so I must trust. I love that. Three, everything that happens in my life or the greater collective will ultimately be for the highest and best good. Four, there is no single right way to do this. Five, the only ending to the story is to return home to love. So these sound like, you know, they're kind of five principles that you live by, and this keeps you in this frequency that you're talking about of joy and love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what does 3D look like and what does it mean to be in the fifth dimension 5D? Yeah. So for me, the third dimension is the dimension of like physical matter, right? So like pre-spiritual awakening, you know, when you think about something being 3D, you think about it being an object, not something like that's flat on a screen. And that translates really beautifully because for me, 3D is everything that we touch and, you know, can hold and see with our eyes. And it's very five sense, five senses related, right? Like, and it also is about just being able to process what your senses can pick up, right? So it's, you're kind of lost in in the world and not and you're and you're in whatever is like coming at you. The fifth dimension is almost like if you were hovering above earth, but you know, probably a little lower. So it's just your life. And you're able to see and have perspective of all of the components that are happening. So rather than just being like you in your body and and like interacting with like the person that's coming at you at work and your kid that's, you know, needs something here and 
whatever, all these different like issues that are coming into your life that you kind of have to deal with. When you're in the fifth dimension, you're able to like look at it and see, oh, that person at work is bringing me this issue because they're actually having a really hard day and ha something happened to them. And you know what, like this happened to my child at school. And so they're acting this way. And what they really need is love, not to be, you know, yelled at and punished because they acted out or whatever, you know, like you're able to have that perspective of what's happening across multiple people or multiple dimensions and just be able to hold space and grace for everything that's happening. and. In be in that ability to hold space and and like caring and love for other people, you're also able to do that for yourself because you can see how everything is pulling on you. And ultimately, that perspective for me gives me that trust. It it helps me resettle into, oh my gosh, I don't have control over anything. When I when I was experiencing anxiety and I like I had such big bad anxiety that I couldn't leave my house for a while like I mean I would, I would get my like stuff together enough to go to work or whatever but then I would just be like frozen at home and when I was in that place it was because I was tr constantly trying to control every variable if I could make everything exactly perfect then nothing would ever go wrong in my life. And so in my mind, I was constantly working through how to control every variable. And this idea that there's so many variables in life, there's like, and we have no control over it. And there's something really freeing about just saying like, you know what, say I'm going on a trip tomorrow, or I think I'm going on a trip tomorrow. I could, you know, be sitting here thinking about every different thing that could go wrong and trying to control those things. Or I could say, you know what, I think I'm going on a trip. I'm going to prepare for that. But a million things could come in and I might not even go on that trip tomorrow. And being really okay with that because I know that if I go on the trip, great. My plans have worked. Awesome. If, if something comes up, then just trusting that, you know, it wasn't meant to be and I don't need to be upset about it. I can just trust that this was the right thing for me for some reason. And that reason will you know, be communicated to me down the road at some point, you know, when I need to know it. Yeah. Yeah. So there really is kind of that surrendering to life and allowing kind of life to move you and you just kind of glow, go with the flow of it rather than you trying to, like you say, control life and move life and all the, you're going to be in charge of all the pieces. It's like you really yep. kind of give that up to the divine plan. Yeah. So number two, I cannot possibly know the divine plan, so I must trust. So this kind of segues into this beautiful sentence that you had in your book, no person is more powerful than the divine plan. And you shared that in the part of your book where your brother's, your husband's brother, Aaron, had passed away really unexpectedly. And this was a young man who was, he sounded to be one of the healthiest people. He participated in a ton of Ironman competitions. I mean, the way that you described him was uh, a perfect model for health, fitness, and all of a sudden you guys received this phone call, you know, and I'll kind of let you take, take the story um, from there. But this story also goes into a really beautiful synchronicity with a bee and yeah. you getting some bee medicine. So, you know, I kind of like to hear how you navigated yourself, you know, as you were kind of going through your own awakening too, and having this phone call come to hear of 
of Aaron and what had happened in him later passing and how you kind of managed that, managed your grief, and then the beautiful synchronicity of the bee medicine. Yeah. So at the point right before Aaron passed, I was at this point in my own journey where I was like, I am this amazing healer. I can like, I'm, you know, you, I'm so powerful. I can like, I can accomplish so much because I'm tapped into spirit and, and there's just, you know, an awareness of what's possible when you're tapped in, right? Like anything is possible. And, and yeah, we got this phone call one night and it was his fiance calling that he had had a stroke and it was so unexpected because he, he was so young. And, you know, as you mentioned, he had competed in 19 Ironman. So like, you know, so far beyond physically what I like could possibly dream of being capable of. Um, and my mom had had some strokes the summer before and she had recovered fine. So initially I thought like, oh, he'll be fine. Like he got to the hospital and like less than 10 minutes. They have treatments for this, like on and on. As the information started to come in, we realized that this was, you know, more serious than than what we thought. And he went into emergency surgery that night and and ultimately he passed. And and I like I said, I had this moment of, OK, I I actually couldn't save him. Right. Like I did everything I knew how to help him, help the family, help myself. And, and ultimately I couldn't, I couldn't save his life. And there's, there, there was a moment of like, wait, if I'm not able to save his life, there has to be a reason that he passed. There has to be a reason that we're experiencing this grief across the family. And there has to be a reason that, you know, that's beyond my understanding that he had to go at this exact moment that feels so unfair. And, you know, all of the things that you experience when you lose somebody unexpectedly and that is so young. And so it was a really, really important lesson for me that I can't control everything. I mean, back to that, like letting go of control and just accepting. And, you know, it's still it's still painful to to think about losing him. But there are so many things that I'm able to see that we gained out of that loss, right? Like one of the things that I think about often is that my just sheer capacity to love people is has expanded. Because I think when you lose somebody, you start to think about that person and you learn more about them. Like I knew him as my brother-in-law. I didn't know him as a friend or a coworker or all the ways that all these people knew him. And when we lost him, all of these stories started coming into the family. And I feel like I got to know him in a way that I just don't know that I ever would have if he were alive. And so I actually have more love for him, if that's possible, because I know him better than I did when he was around. And I have more love for my children and my husband and my family and friends because I have a little bit more awareness of how short life can be. And so it's those things that you gain out of loss and out of challenge that expand you in a way that has a ripple effect that we can't understand or see. So I don't know what the ripple effect is of every person that he touched having this expansion of caring and love in them. What is that doing to the world? And how important is that, you know, shifting something that we just don't have an understanding of? 
So it's like, yes, the loss is really challenging still, but being able to see that his loss, you know, caused all of these other things to happen that then ripple out into the universe in some way. You just have to trust. And I go back to that faith. And it's, you know, I think about like faith. I was raised Catholic. And so I'm not, I'm, I'm like, it's not that kind of faith. It's just faith that we lost him for a reason. And that reason was a really beautiful one that will help shape, I, you know, this world, but also like the cosmos and like everything else is different because we lost him. And it has to be for a good reason. Yeah. I mean, kind of the word that I'm hearing right now is that every death has a purpose. Mm hmm you know, it's like every birth, right? Every birth has a purpose with every bit, but with birth and death, there's a purpose, you know, with all of that. So the synchronicity of the bee medicine, this was after his services, I believe, and you and your husband were taking a walk down a path that you normally do. Yeah. And yeah, so go ahead. So this is like almost a year later. So we, you know, with, with the pandemic, we weren't able to hold a service for him right away. And so we were getting ready to go and do his memorial service. And we took one, my husband and I walk on this path every morning and there's a plum tree and the plums had dropped. And I walked through the plums and I thought like, oh, you know, this is like the plums are kind of gross. They're smushed on the ground. But I just walked through and as I walked through a beast on my ankle, and I, in that exact moment, I mean, it was so painful. I have, I don't know if you've been stunned by a bee recently, but I was like, no, when I was a kid, yeah, when I was a kid, I, like, I, I haven't been crazy. stung by a bee since I was little. So I was just like, oh my gosh, it was, it was incredibly painful. And in that moment, I just, I even said to my husband, I was like, this is medicine. I don't know what it means, but I know this is medicine. And I really, I thank you, bee, for like giving your life to send me this medicine. And, you know, my husband was like trying to pull the stinger out of my, out of my foot, my ankle. And, and then we kind of continued on our walk and I didn't really think much of it. And then we went through the service and then my whole ankle and leg blew up with like this really bad rash. It was totally swollen. So this is like four days later from the bee sting. It just like exploded. And so then I was like, oh, I should probably pay a little bit more attention to this. And ultimately, what I discovered is that the ankle is all about calling in support for you. And I obviously needed some support through that time as we were processing so much and like holding space for so many people. But really, this bee was about, you know, savoring the nectar of life, right? Like bees make honey. And that is this like wonderful, sweet nectar. And the combination of being able to savor the like nectar of life um, of honey and it being in my ankle, which is about like accepting support from other people into your energetic system was just a like beautiful reminder that everything works together, right? Like the messages that we need all come in when we need them and and sort of there's there's just this beauty if you look at the meaning of what's going on in your life, that all of the information that you need in that moment is being given to you. Yeah. And I feel like in instances like this, if you're tuned in, 
you are paying attention to like this code, right? It's like this code that's given to you for you to unravel and decode. And I love to, because I do the same thing that you do. It's like, I look everything up. And the fact that you also looked up the meridian, right? Yeah. So where the, the bee sting happened was on the stomach meridian, you know, in acupuncture yeah. too. And, yeah. you know, you had the connection between that and then what the ankle meant and the location of the sting and everything. And I think if we paid more attention to those small little things and the way things manifest within our bodies, or, you know, some people will just say, well, of course, you know, I was walking and there were plums and there was a bee and I got stung and they leave it at that. Yeah. But when you're able to kind of maybe experience more of that fifth dimension and, and separate a little bit from just the 3D, you can begin to decode some of the language that the universe is using to communicate with you. Yeah. I mean, I always say to people, it's so much easier for spirit to send you messages through nature mm -hmm. um, and through synchronicity than things that are really obvious. So if you're like asking for to win the lottery, right? Like that's a pretty hard ask for spirit to do. That means they have to coordinate you buying a ticket with the right numbers and the right balls coming up. And like, that's a lot to coordinate. That's why it doesn't happen. But, you know, sending a bird into your view that you haven't seen in a while or, you know, you know, having a beast in you or whatever it is, having numbers show up in your life. Those are all pretty easy things for spirit to coordinate. They're like much lighter touch. And so I remind people of that. It is just as hard for spirit to come down and and like become matter that we can experience. Think about how hard that must be. I mean, think about how hard it is for a human to be born, right? Like the miracle that that is. And then think about spirit trying to do that for you like all the time. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, how hard, how hard is it for us to like become spirit and like really tap in and think about it? It's, it's probably harder for spirit to come down and like be dense and, and turn into matter. So just keep your eyes open for those things that are a lot easier for spirit to create for you and be open to them. And then all of a sudden you're going to see like everything happening, all the messages coming in and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much. Right. Yeah. And then you'll see it all the time. Right. And then, like you said, like you look for it. It's like, I haven't I got my sign today. What's going yeah. on? So, so how do you work with people? Do you do one-on-ones, uh, you know, cause you have the luminance uh, healing website, you kind of have two websites that are yeah. going. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, like what services do you offer and how are you helping people? Yeah, I do one-on-one -on -one services. I, I tend to work in private settings, which I think intimate and beautiful and allows people to really feel safe and open up. I prefer to work in about a three-month container at a time, which gives people enough time to learn about themselves. And I think that important part of integrating it into their life so that they can really see the benefits of the transformation. People can get in contact with me through my website, luminancehealing.com or on Instagram, I'm at luminancehealing. So those are both great ways. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be here as a guest. You were wonderful. I had such a fun time uh, talking with you. Again, I want to just mention again, your book, Return to the Light Within, your second book, Finding Your Light Within. That's, you said, more of a workbook that's coming out this year as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is, it's, like you said, it's sort of complementary to the first book. The first book is really my story. I wrote it to help people sort of feel less alone in their own journey because my journey went through some like 
pretty big ups and downs where I was like, am I going crazy? Like, what's happening? Um, And I would have loved a a personal story that really was just transparent in what was happening to them. So that was the goal of that book. And then the second book is really, I realized I was going through a process or a framework. And so outlining that, it shares my story and also some of my clients' stories to help, you know, give a little bit more context. There's exercises and journal prompts in there to help you process through, you know, whatever you're going through. So that's the second book. Wonderful. Well, I'm so glad you left the corporate world and you're in this world now, you know, helping others. So thank you again so much. We'll put your website and everything in the show notes. So it'll be easy for our listeners to contact you. I hope they do. If you do reach out, let her know that you heard her interview here on the Path 11 podcast. All right. And I think that's it. So thank you so much again. And uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And I will talk to you all next time and bring you another magnificent guest. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com. And be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.